0: Welcome to the Trad Dads podcast, where we examine cultural and political issues through the lens of traditional thought. All right, so in light of the uh, continued Chinese Communist Party virus uh, outbreak in the United States, I'd like to kind of follow up on the previous episode that discussed uh, free trade. And I want to... I want to expand that, I think, to talking about open borders and and really to see how much of an economic uh, concept this open borders thing is. I'm going to link to the previous episode so you can find that easily down in the show notes where I discuss free trade. But I think this is going to be uh, – I think, I think part of the narrative should be – coming out of this should be – a much closer relationship between the concept of open borders and the concept of free trade so i think in that sense the libertarians uh definitely understand that those two things are closely linked and i think the reason they understand that is because they uh, are pretty focused on economics and they they understand sort of neoclassical uh, economic theory very well and so i want to explain uh how economic theory ties these two things together and how the sort of this focus on, uh, GDP per capita or, uh, you know, individual wealth or, um, you know, business productivity, uh, efficiency, uh, gains from trade, all those things, uh, don't just rest on free trade. They also rest on, uh, open borders. Um, and so, you know, very recently, uh, a, a relatively well-known libertarian uh, professor at uh, George Mason University, Brian Kaplan, published a book called "Open Borders." And of course, you know he's very well known for his extreme takes on everything and uh, kind of a the sort of a shock value kind of guy from from an academic perspective. Um, and so I've not read his book, but I think it's, it's interesting that we're seeing, uh, you know, it's just, it's such a funny time. It's such, it's such interesting timing for him to come out with this book on open borders. And then of course, open borders and free trade is what it is, uh, literally murdering, uh, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, um, all around the planet right now. Um, so why do we have open borders what is the purpose of this now I'm, I'm not a historian I don't I don't know all the um, the historical stuff or the international uh, politics reasons um, you know for why we ended up with uh, why liberal states ended up with all this open border stuff but from an economic perspective the reason why you would want open borders is because uh, it's the same reason you want free trade um, so free trade gives you the, uh, possibility of, uh, uh, sort of an efficient, uh, allocation of consumption goods and of intermediate goods that are used in production. Um, and so like I explained in the free trade video or the free trade uh, show last week, um, you know, that, that free trade is all about, um, you know, this whole special, this idea of specialization. Stuff like that, so I I covered risk uh, more in in that in that episode. But, um, so you have this efficient, uh, this efficiency that comes from specialization, and that specialization specialization is predicated uh, in part on free trade, right? So so two people can uh, specialize in one product and then trade with each other, right? And then they end up both end up with more of each of those products. And and in that episode, I discussed risk, um, and so I think that's an important thing to talk about. But in terms of open borders, the reason you have you want to have open borders is uh, from this sort of liberal uh, GDP per capita efficiency standpoint, is because you want um, you want labor markets to determine where people go, not um, anything else. You don't want the government to determine that in some. Uh, restrictive fashion, right? Again, it's, it's all about sort of market fetishism. Um, it's all about uh, allowing businesses and, you know, the, the conscious decisions of business people and the conscious decisions of people, of, of individuals as uh, sort of providers of economic value to determine uh, where people go, when they go, um, and why they go to different places. And so all of this other stuff is ignored. Um, Social cohesion is ignored. Uh, The establishment and maintenance of cultures is ignored. Um, None of that stuff is supposed to matter, except in the sense that those individual people who are uh, sort of transacting labor in labor markets, uh, only in as much as it matters to them, does uh, these things like culture preservation of culture preservation of um, ways of living um, preservation of social cohesion um, only in as much as that matters for them and 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 I think what's interesting is that the you know libertarians often see economics as this value free thing I don't think that's true but um, they they see it as value free but really what it is is they have a set of values which are, uh, extremely liberal, right? Uh, individualistic, um, uh, in the extreme, right? The only thing the it's, it's, it's complete moral relativism because it, the only, the only morals that matter are those that the individual, uh, uh, are brings to bear, right? But, but the thing is, is that this system also pushes a certain type of morality. So the system is predicated on an individualistic type of morality. But it also incentivizes people to shift their morality and think only about um, sort of the movement of goods, right and the movement of labor. Um, So if if free trade is about the movement of products and intermediate goods, then open borders is about the movement of labor, and thus people as nothing but generators of labor and so when we think about open borders um and and of course there's a gradient here right we can have completely closed borders all the way to completely open borders like kaplan wants um and somewhere in between is where you know we all fall uh right you know currently um and what's um you know so that's the reason why the reason why is it facilitates um, markets it facilitates specialization it facilitates um, efficiency so if we're going to say that there is a reason to not have borders as open as they are right to clamp down on them a little bit or to be more careful about where the the people that come into our country are coming from, then I think that it's useful to have some kind of um, understanding of where people are coming from when they say they like open borders. Um, and I think, you know, I, I've talked about open borders before, and I think, you know, sort of it's important to not forget that open borders is not going to save everybody. You're not going to improve the conditions in the country that is uh, that has a lot of out migration by moving all of the people, especially the most driven and intelligent and wise, right? By moving all those people out of that country, there simply are not enough resources in the countries that manage to do things well to save everyone on the planet. Um, and you want smart, intelligent, wise people in those countries. So again, this has nothing to do with, uh, the specifics of the people in those other countries, right? You're, you're always going to get called racist when you oppose, um, anything less than completely open borders. Right. But, uh, the reality is that if those people actually cared about the countries from which these people are coming, they would want smart, wise, intelligent people to stay in those countries. And these people are just simply not uh, the, the libertarian types are just simply not sophisticated enough to think about that, um, or they just simply think that um, that individualism is such an important concept that um, you know that that their that their brand of moral relativism is so important that we can't have any kind of um, restrictions on flow. Um, and the most extreme is this you get like, oh, borders are imaginary. They're just imaginary lines. And it's like, well, you know, they're as imaginary as you want them to be. If you want, uh, if you want them to be imaginary, they can be, right? If you want the government, governments in different nations to just um, allow people to cross whenever they want, then they can be imaginary. But they don't have to be. Um, and we're seeing that now thanks to Trump clamping down on the border when he did, we are not currently in the U S uh, and this is being recorded on March 22nd. We are not currently in as bad of a situation as a lot of countries in Europe that did not clamp down their borders as fast as we did. Um, and sort of hearkening back to my discussion of free trade, you know, this is exactly the problem with open borders is yeah. If assuming it gives you uh, more GDP per capita the problem is that it exposes you to risk, and when something, when a when an event like this happens, you simply cannot, um, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, you can't clamp down on stuff fast enough to deal with the risks that reality presents to you. So, the the question then is. Maybe we need to have a little bit of a different preference for the trade-offs between GDP per capita, you know, maximizing GDP per capita and dealing with some of the real world risks that exist out there and um, dealing with the idea that maybe we ought to have borders because there are risks because reality exists. We can't just live in this fantasy land where we let everybody, um, you know, move about as they please. And we have no say in it. And again, this, this is not saying that Italians are bad, or Chinese people are bad. The point is that the Chinese government is bad. The Chinese government does not like you. They are literally communists, they call themselves that. And they do not want any kind of uh, remotely, uh, property rights based system to succeed. So we have given them a huge gift by exporting all of our manufacturing over there and allowing them to send people here who are spies or whatever, right? Um, there is no reason for this stuff unless all you care about is, um, sort of the price of consumer goods and the plenitude of such things. Um, so again, open borders is, is intimately tied to free trade. So anytime you see someone who has uh, sort of differing positions on those two things, they need to understand that they're, that these two things work in tandem. You can't have free trade if your borders are closed. And if you want to control your borders, You can't have free trade because people will be, you know, to to facilitate free trade, you have to have people flying in and out of your country, you have to have people moving around. And so like the US, you create this literal alphabet soup of visas for these people to move in and out of the country to facilitate free trade. So the two things go together. So simply stated, what we need is more autarky, which means uh, a significant curtailment of free trade. And we need closed borders. We have to learn that lesson. The risk return trade off just simply does not make sense. It doesn't make sense the way we th- have thought that it does. And now that we see something actually bad happening, right, this, this is one of these things where, oh, it can't happen here. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the DOJ is trying to get, uh, you know, powers to basically jail people indefinitely without charging them necessarily. The, um, you know, we're, we're looking at massive national guard, uh, spin-ups. The, uh, one of the UK papers was talking about the, you know, this is the general who will take over if martial law is enacted in the U S you know, these things can happen here. It's happening now. And this is the kind of stuff that, You know, this is the risk that you face when everything you focus on is GDP per capita and whatever policy gets us there, uh, you know, and just whatever the consequences are, who cares? This is the time for the consequences. Learn the lesson. Thanks for listening to the Trad Dads podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and consider giving us a five star rating on iTunes. It really helps us out.